From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up. The vote for Biden is a vote for lockdowns, layoffs, and misery. If you want a vaccine to kill the virus, a job to support your family well, and freedom to live your life, then go cast your ballot for a man named Trump. That was President Donald Trump at a rally in Rome, Georgia, last night, summarizing what the election is all about. Tomorrow's Election Day is on track for record turnout, with more than 40 percent of registered voters having already voted, which is over two-thirds of the total turnout in 2016. We'll get the latest on the campaign's last-minute push, as well as what FRC action has going on in key battleground states from Brent Kylan, vice president of FRC action, in just a moment. We'll also get an update from the ground in Pennsylvania, where Kurt Weaver, FRC Action's bold advance leader, is in the Keystone State. I'll also give you my observations from Miami, where I spoke yesterday morning, which is uh, the epicenter for deciding the outcome of Florida, another key state. And it is more than just the White House that's up for grabs. Control of the Senate will be decided by the outcome of tomorrow's election. What could that mean for America? We'll talk with Oklahoma Senator James Lankford on this edition of Washington Watch. And in the midst of one of the most critical elections in modern history, we are also dealing with record-setting storms. There have been 10 hurricanes, four of them major hurricanes, and the season is not over. There's another hurricane. Franklin Graham will join me with an update from Samaritan's Purse regarding their relief efforts, and we'll also get his take on where America stands on the eve of this critical election. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Also, let me give you this website. Uh, you can only use it probably for another day. That's PrayVoteStand.org, at least for this election cycle. Now, I know uh, based upon uh, our polling of our listeners, nearly three-quarters of you have already voted. And uh, if the, the, the rest, the other quarter, I do trust your voting tomorrow, but... Just because you have voted does not mean your work is done. You are an influencer. I know that because you listen to this program. And so you're informed, you know what's going on, and you can influence and help your friends make the right decision. And that's what Pray Vote Stand is all about. Resources there for you. Voter guides. Maybe you have family, friends around the country. Send them a link to prayvotestand.com. Uh, org rather, and uh, they can get their own voter guide, put in their zip code, and they get their own uh, voter guide. Um, also, a comparison of the candidates on major issues, the two presidential candidates. There's also comparison of the party platforms. You know, I've, I've said this over and over again, but it bears repeating. You know, these parties, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, about 80% of the time, they actually follow what's in those party platforms and never ever in the history of the two parties have they had more diametrically opposed views on key policies, whether it's religious freedom, whether it's the issue of life, the courts, you name it. They are different, and we compare it for you in a comparison to the party platform, prayvotestand.org. Also, there are um, resources regarding um, the accomplishments of this administration. And this is very important. We've had tens of thousands of people that have downloaded this document. It's a PDF. 
and sh- they're sharing it with their family and their friends because there are people who say, well, you know, I just don't know about the Trump man. I don't know about the president. I don't know about his tweets. Look, look at what he has done. Uh, it's now over 12 pages of accomplishments following through on the uh, policies that he promised. You can get a copy of this. And in fact, I'll, I'll give you a number to text. Text the number 53445. Put the word actions in there, and I'll send you a link where you can get a PDF copy right back to your phone that you can post on social media, send it to friends. Again, the word actions to 53445. This morning, I, I uh, actually tweeted about this. I chuckled. The, uh, Amer- the AP, which has gone so far left. They were comparing the two candidates, saying, you know, Biden promises to remake America, reform America. And, and, and they said, you can vote for Trump and get four more years of the same. And that was a slap at the president. And I said, wow, four more years of constitutionalist on the courts, four more years of religious freedom, four more years of policy that respects the sanctity of human life. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. So uh, Election Day is tomorrow. But just under half of all registered voters have already voted. That's a record. So what will Election Day look like? The battle for the White House is coming down to just a few states. And you uh, you just have to follow the candidates if you know what those if you want to know what those states are. President Trump had five campaign events yesterday. He's got five today. Yesterday, he was in Michigan, Iowa, North Carolina, Georgia and Miami, Florida. Meanwhile, Joe Biden made it to uh, Pennsylvania yesterday. Uh, here's another clip of uh, President Trump in uh, in Rome, Georgia, talking about the choice before voters as it pertains to the courts we were talking about. Play uh, clip number one, Bobby. We are going to have three Supreme Court justices. And whatever happened with Biden, he was going to say, is he going to pack the court? He just keeps tapping. Maybe he's smarter than we think. Keeps tapping it along. And who are the people he's going to put on? He was supposed to say who he's put You cannot vote for him if he doesn't tell you about packing the court. Now, uh, the Trump campaign is not the only uh, campaign that has uh, audio out there. The Biden campaign is actually having to respond to Kamala Harris's endorsement of uh, socialism. Play the clip from uh, Kamala Harris. Clip her, her clip, please. So there's a big difference between equality and equity. Equality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. The problem with that, not everybody's starting out from the same place. So if we're all getting the same amount, but you started out back there and I started out over here, we can get the same amount, but you're still going to be that far back behind me. It's about giving people the resources and the support they need so that everyone can be on equal footing and then compete on equal footing. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. Well, that uh, that sounds a lot like socialism. And while Biden has been trying to uh, to kind of run from the Bernie Sanders socialism tag, Kamala Harris is out there with a full endorsement of socialism. The president addressed the issue. Uh, here's a clip of uh, what the president had to say. Clip number three, Bobby. Now the Biden campaign has said that they will work closely with socialist dictator Maduro in Venezuela. Not the way you do it. My opponent embraces socialists and communists because he has no choice, because that's who he's dealing with in government. I stand with the proud people of Cuba, 
Nicaragua and Venezuela in their righteous struggle for freedom. Yeah, that was President Trump yesterday. He uh, ended up last night in Miami, Florida, for a, a rally that went on to about one o'clock. A huge turnouts to these uh, rallies. Of course, a large Cuban Cuban popula- population there in Miami, Florida. Uh, I was there yesterday, actually, uh, speaking at one of the largest Hispanic churches in Miami, King Jesus Ministries. And and, and I, you know, I, I spoke to this issue. I mean, this election is really not about personality. I know some are trying to make it that way, the, the, certainly the media. But it's not about personality. It's not about politics. It's about what George Barna said, even on this program. It's about which worldview will dominate. Which worldview? view will it be? A worldview that denies the reality and sovereignty of God through public policy, which is the contrast we have in the two-party platforms? That uh, Will it be a, a, a worldview that promotes abortion and makes you pay for it, redefines marriage and human sexuality, and publishes uh, and punishes rather any dissent? Is it a worldview that seeks to quarantine Christianity within the four walls of our church? Or, quite frankly, as we've seen in the last six months, it they shut down these churches and limit your religious freedom to the four walls of your home. And eventually, just between your two ears, they will not allow you to live out your Christian faith. Or the other choice we have on the ballot tomorrow is a worldview, the same worldview that founded America and has sustained it for 244 years. The view that acknowledges that we are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That, my friends, is what is on the ballot tomorrow. All right, join me now with an update on what is happening on the ground in some of the key battleground states, as well as resources available to help you, as I mentioned, encourage family and friends and coworkers to vote and to cast an informed vote is FRC Action President Brent Kylan. Brent, welcome to uh, Washington Watch. Thanks, Tony. Good to be with you. Okay, uh, Brent, let's talk a little bit about what's uh, there's really this is coming down to about four states. Let's talk about uh, very quickly those four states and what's going on on the ground there. Well, I, I think the, uh, the the key four right now, you know, you've got um, you've got uh, Michigan, uh, you've got uh, Florida, you've got um, Wisconsin, you've got Pennsylvania, um, you know, and, and we've got um, a- activity in, in, in four of those going on right now in, uh, in Michigan, Florida, uh, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Um, and, uh, and, and, and those are going to be key. Um, you remember, Tony, that um, in, in uh, 2016, um, these states uh, were very, very close, actually, in the three states of, of, uh, of Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Those were decided by 80 thousand votes together, which is just incredibly close. Um, Michigan itself was decided by about 10,000 votes, you know, uh, less than a quarter of a point. So just so important. Every vote really does matter, especially in these states. I, I know we, we hear that every year, but it, it really matters this year. It really does uh, for, for so many different uh, reasons, for so many different races. And, and so we are, we are doing a number of things. We have uh, some efforts actually really been, been working in some of these states for almost four years. 
years now, really trying to to, to build uh, infrastructure and relationships and, and 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 then be able to get the the resources out for people that they that they really need. And 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 uh, those are those are really culminating now. We have a fantastic group of people that are now um, doing get out the vote operations. So we have we have a, a couple of different things that I'd really like to highlight right now. We have um, some uh, some groups of get out the vote teams that are doing door knocking and and phone calling and uh and and getting the message to people hey it's it's so important that you vote also getting them the resources uh resources that that we also have at prayvotestand.org uh, uh, voter guides especially and and so far tony actually just uh just today we we've been in the field for a couple of weeks doing that uh just today we went over a, a million voter contact attempts in in these key states so they're doing some fantastic work we've also had uh over 54,000 actual conversations with voters being able to being able to talk to de- talk to them about these uh these uh these important issues that are at stake this year and then we also have a field team that's been working really really hard uh, again um uh, building relationships getting these resources to churches and getting these to sage cons and um they uh, they just went over a million voter guys that they, uh, just as a group of our field representatives, have distributed uh, in these key states. So working really hard. Uh, a couple quick stories, Tony. Um, what, one, of our, uh, one of our field reps put over 6,000 miles on his car in about five weeks doing this. We had another guy working with a, a pastor who was distributing voter guides, uh, met some opposition, had his car uh, vandalized, tires slashed. He quickly got that in the shop, got it fixed, went out and distributed 200 more voter guides. So just working really hard right now to get these out. Uh, every every vote counts. I know we have uh, been working with Generation Joshua. They've been knocking on doors. Yes. How many very quickly? How many doors we knock on over the weekend? Uh, over the weekend, we knocked on about 60,000, and that that number will be uh, will be going up here. All right, uh, Brent Kylan, thanks so much. All right, we're going to check into Pennsylvania later, but first we're going to hear from Oklahoma Senator James Lankford next. Don't go away. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hannah. What's going on? Why so gloomy? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it. Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do? Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it. Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out. When did they start? I I would be so far behind. Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading. Nice. Where can I find this? Go to frc.org slash Bible, and you can get started. Where's that again? frc.org slash Bible. Got it. Checking it out now. In a recent poll, it was revealed that only 6% of Americans hold a biblical worldview. This research also indicated that Christianity's teachings on abortion, marriage, and homosexuality are not only misunderstood, but seen as dangerous and subversive. In response to this trend, Family Research Council has released a new set of resources in our Biblical Worldview series. In addition to our full publications, which cover the topics of Christian political engagement, abortion, religious liberty, and human sexuality, 
FRC now offers helpful summaries of each publication in this series, as well as accompanying prayer guides to help you and your family pray through these important issues. And finally, our popular biblical principles for political engagement is now available in Spanish. All these resources are free and available at frc.org worldview. Again, that's frc.org worldview. Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain, and explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. Welcome back. I'm Tony Perkins. This is Washington Watch. Again, the uh, website with lots of election-related resources for you, prayvotestand.org. Now, who will occupy the White House is not the only decision voters will make tomorrow. Voters will decide the outcome of 35 U.S. Senate seats that are on the ballot. Republicans are trying to hold on to 23 of those seats in order to maintain their 53 to 47 majority in the Senate. What happens, though, if they lose the majority? What would be the policy implications for the United States? Joining me now to talk more about what is really on the ballot tomorrow is U.S. Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma. Senator, welcome back. Tony, good to be back with you again. So let me just start with that. What's on the ballot tomorrow for voters when they head to the polls? Because some are saying, well, I'm not in a swing state. You know, I'm not in Arizona. I'm not in Pennsylvania. I'm not in Florida. I'm not really going to decide the outcome for the presidential race. But they will decide some very important things. So every single one of the uh, president's uh, executive actions uh, that he's taken, every single regulatory issue uh, that he has dealt with for the past year or so, are all on the ballot as well, because if they win the White House and they win the Senate, they'll have the ability to be able to start unwinding quickly uh, the actions of President Trump. Uh, You also have all the judges uh, that will be in the days ahead on the ballot, including the size of the Supreme Court uh, and any additional judges for any circuit court, district court or future openings in the Supreme Court in the days ahead. That's all on the ballot. All of our foreign policy actions that come out of the Senate are all on the ballot, things like uh, in, uh, the capital of Jerusalem, uh, capital of Israel being in Jerusalem, uh, how we're dealing with economic development and integration between Israelis and Palestinians to try to form a sense of peace in that area, the cooperation in the area with the UAE, with Bahrain, and with uh, Sudan and in Israel. All those things become a, a key issue to be able to figure out, does that continue to expand or does this stop or go backwards? All of those things are on the ballot as well because – You have the president and the Senate to be able to carry those things out. You and I talked a little bit about this last week at the uh, the Pray Vote Stand program uh, last Wednesday night. But when you when you look at what 
has happened in the last four years. And I know the Senate doesn't move really normally very quickly, but they've no. accomplished a lot working with the Trump administration, when it, especially when it comes to the courts, but some of these other issues as well. Yeah, we move very rapidly in the courts. That's been a priority uh, for Mitch McConnell and for those of us in the Senate uh, to be able to say that we, we may not be able to negotiate much with Nancy Pelosi. And that's going to be a perpetual challenge on pieces of legislation because she has just a very different worldview uh, than what we have. Uh, but we can move on our own on the issue of judges. And so over 250 judges that we put in place for lifetime appointments in district courts, in circuit courts and in the Supreme Court. And that becomes very important. Fifty three uh, justices or judges for the uh, circuit courts. The vast majority of cases that get appealed in the district court level only make it to the circuit court level. Uh, the Supreme Court only takes about 80 cases a year. And so there's a very small number of cases. Most all of the cases that are appealed in the United States only get to the circuit court. So to have good judges on the circuit court level make an enormous difference. And that's where we've added 53, uh, where there were 53 openings. We've filled those 53 openings with good folks. James, I know that you're you're passionate on the issue of the sanctity of human life, along with a number of other issues. But you understand the priority of that issue. And so much has been accomplished, even though the the president has not had the House to work with in the last two right. years. So much has been accomplished. I don't think people realize it. No, I don't. I, I think people don't realize it. They w they wouldn't realize it until the uh, unless the presidency and the Senate is unwound. If we suddenly have a Democrat-led Senate uh, and then they have a Democrat president, they'll start quickly unwinding all these things and undoing it. But let me give you just a, a few examples, things like the Mexico City policy. I mean, people may know about this, but no, foreign, no American uh, taxpayer dollars being used for foreign expansion of abortion. That was not true under the Obama administration, uh, that they were using American taxpayer dollars to perform and promote abortions overseas. They've gone through selectively trying to be able to protect uh, the dignity of human life uh, in, in research. Uh, a lot of these entities want to be able to use uh, aborted children uh, for research purposes. That's been cut off by this administration, uh, saying that that's not going to be allowed anymore to be able to use uh, children that have been uh, had an abortion performed on them. Uh, the work that they have done to be able to isolate Planned Parenthood or to be able to open up the option to states to say you don't have to use Planned Parenthood. Uh, the, the, the push that they've had to be able to protect the basic religious liberties of every individual. We have 30 different statutes that deal with protecting religious liberty issues and conscience protections, but just the previous administration didn't enforce it. Uh, this administration not only enforced it, they pulled together the Office of Civil Rights and several entities to be able to make sure that it is actually enforced so that individuals, regardless of their faith, would be able to live out their faith and their conscience. That was not happening in the Obama administration. That would certainly not happen in a Biden administration. Uh, and we would watch that be unwound very, very quickly. And I would just add on the Mexico City policy, which prohibits uh, taxpayer monies from funding and promoting abortion abroad, that this administration has expanded it beyond what any other Republican administration uh, has uh, implemented in the past, going to secondary and third uh, contractors that uh, do right. business with the government. I mean, it's quite amazing. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's not just the, it's not just the contractor. It's the subcontractors under the contractor. They also have to verify they're not doing it. And there are several entities that they were quietly getting federal dollars 
just skipping around the policy that way. And this administration has made sure that they're smoking them out and to say, no, if, if you're trying to get around the system, we're serious. You're not going to use American taxpayer dollars to perform or promote abortion. Uh, James Langford, uh, one final question for you, Senator. Have you been surprised by the depth of commitment of the Trump administration to these core value issues? I have been pleasantly surprised. Uh, as you know, the, the president has, has had different positions in his life on the issue of abortion, but he has not only landed clearly in the pro-life area, he stuck the landing solidly. And uh, he has been the most pro-life president we have ever had in the history of our republic and uh, has been very protective of, of guarding the life of, uh, of children in the womb and uh, grateful to be able to partner with him on that. Yeah, uh, it's beyond question what he has done on the sanctity of life, on courts and religious freedom. Senator James Langford, as always, great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us on this election eve. Well, glad to be with you. Everybody continue to pray, vote and stand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. All right, folks, we're going to get an update from the Keystone State. Uh, Kurt Weaver, who is the FRC Action's Bold Advance field representative in Pennsylvania, joins us with an, a report on what's happening there. Don't go away. Since the 1973 Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision, Congress and many states have taken various actions to stop taxpayer dollars from funding abortions or the abortion industry. As early as 1976, Congressman Henry Hyde led the effort to ban federal funding for abortions. The Federal Hyde Amendment, named after him, established the principle that abortion is not health care and therefore taxpayers should not be forced to fund abortions. Despite these efforts, the abortion industry still receives millions of dollars each year in taxpayer money. In 2019, Planned Parenthood, America's largest abortion provider, received $616.8 million in government funds. Family Research Council's newly updated pro-life map tracks how your state has taken action to stop taxpayer funding of abortions. Go to frc.org slash pro-life maps to see where your state stands in the fight for life. That's frc.org slash pro-life maps. Oh, man. What's wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day's show. How's that? With the Stand Firm app. Yeah? Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed, so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit frc.org slash app and download or search Stand Firm in the App Store. Okay, that's Stand Firm. Yep, Stand Firm. How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon, but that's another story. Huh? Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. All right, tomorrow's election day. 
As I mentioned, many, many voters have already headed out to the polls and voted early. Uh, but uh, there's still a lot of folks that will be turning out tomorrow. Now, here's one of the things. Uh, we talked about this last week. I warned you not to pay any attention to the polls. A recent ABC poll had uh, Joe Biden 17 points ahead of Donald Trump. Yet Joe Biden was campaigning in Wisconsin last week. So why would he do that if he were 17 points ahead? He's not. I mean, I've, I've talked to the campaign, the, the Trump campaign. I know what their internal polling looks like. Um, in fact, we talked about this with James Lee, a pollster out of Pennsylvania, about how these numbers are just not reflective of what's happening. So it, it's important that you go and you cast an informed vote. And you vote for biblical values and you stand for biblical truth, regardless of what the polls are saying, regardless of what the media is saying. The media and the polls are doing less about predicting the outcome or reporting what's happening, and they're trying to shape the outcome and influence what you do to get their desired outcome. You're seeing this with this president having these huge rallies all across the country, tens of thousands of people. It's, it's quite amazing. Never seen anything like it. Well, um, we're going to get an update from uh, what's happening with what's happening on the ground in Pennsylvania, another one of these uh, key states. It's the only state that Joe Biden went to yesterday to campaign in. He's holding on to it. It's key to his success. But FRC Action is on the ground there working with churches and conservatives. And joining me now with an update, Kurt Weaver. He is the field representative for FRC Action, also serves as the director of church ambassador network for the Pennsylvania Family Institute. Kurt, welcome to Washington Watch. Hey, thank you very much, Toronto, for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. Well, Kurt, tell me, what are you seeing? Tell our listeners what you're seeing on the ground there in Pennsylvania. Well, there seems to be a lot of excitement right now, especially for the president. So the president's been here uh, four times this weekend from the east side of Pennsylvania all the way to the west side. And plus, he was in Scranton today. Uh, But over the weekend, he was at a town in Butler, just north of Pittsburgh area. And uh, uh, there, he predicted that there was over 60,000 people that showed up for that rally. So there seems to be uh, um, some excitement here in Pennsylvania for biblical values and, uh, and certainly uh, for the, uh, the GOP campaign. And uh, furthermore, we've been working very hard, Tony, as you know, uh, all around the state, getting voter guides out, uh, getting um, party platforms out. And we've distributed hundreds of thousands of voter guides around the state to the party platform and to churches and to uh, citizens, concerned citizens here in Pennsylvania. And so we're hoping, we're hoping to uh, see some great excitement even tomorrow. Uh, today, I'm, I'm right outside of the Lancaster County uh, government offices at the Board of Elections. And there's a long line of people here who've had a lot of problems with their mail-in ballots, and they're here to get answers. And so I've talked to a number of them who are trying to figure out what to do. Uh, and so it's going to be an interesting, interesting few couple days here. Kurt, let me ask you this. As you're working with the churches, passing out the voter guides and doing the party platform comparisons, you know, Pennsylvania, one of those uh, states with a uh, Democratic governor, kind of, uh, you know, you, you had the issues with uh, nationwide with lockdowns, some of the, the bluer states um, not as friendly to the churches. Is there a sense of 
concern over religious freedom and what we've seen happen in the last six months within the churches? Certainly, and I, and I would point to a group of people that we don't often talk about, and that is the Amish community here in Pennsylvania. Uh, Lancaster County has a lot of Amish uh, who reside here, and uh, recently I was talking to an Amish man who has never registered to vote, and so we spent some energy engaging that community, the plain community, and so I asked this Amish man, called me up, he said, I need as, as many uh, voter registration forms you can get me, and so I went to his forum, and he told me that over the last number of months, when I asked him, you know, why decide to vote this year, why decide to register? And uh, he said, well, a couple reasons. One, it's because of lockdown. He's, his farm is suffering. His work is suffering because he's had to dump a number of gallons of milk down the drain um, because of the lockdown and the supply chains being broken. And so it's hurt him on that level. But he's also concerned as one who uh, is in the plain community about his religious liberty as well. And so we're seeing that certainly all around the state, people very concerned uh, about uh, their their right their, to live out their faith and to worship and to live their lives. That's very interesting because the Amish turned out in mass back in 2004, in part because of the marriage issue, which uh, gave Pennsylvania to, uh, the, to then uh, President Bush in his second uh, term, which was... Uh, uh, very, very important for his reelection. Uh, Kurt, I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank you for the work you're doing on the ground there in the Keystone State. And uh, keep it up. We've got 24 hours to go. Let's push it across the line. Amen. Let's keep praying. All right. That's right. Pray, vote, stand. And uh, to find those resources that, Chris, uh, that Kurt was talking about that we are distributing across the country, Go to PrayVoteStand.org. Same thing that uh, Kurt was talking about, you can use as well, PrayVoteStand.org. All right, when we come back, yet another hurricane. Wow, it has been a, uh, a record year. And, in fact, my home state of Louisiana, five, five hurricanes have hit the state. We're going to be joined by Franklin Graham. President Samaritan's Purse next with an update on the relief efforts of Samaritan's Purse and his thoughts on the eve of this important election. Don't go away. Back with more after this. With the 2020 presidential election just around the corner, FRC Action has released an important set of resources for Spanish-speaking voters. These resources include a presidential voter guide, a party platform comparison, and voter guides for key Senate and governor's races. Other resources in Spanish include the Trump Accomplishments List, Biblical Principles for Political Engagement, and Legal Do's and Don'ts for Pastors and Churches when it comes to politics. The purpose of these resources is to inform Hispanic voters about the important issues facing our country and to equip them to engage with the election from a biblical worldview. Again, all of these resources and more are now available for free at prayvotestand.org slash Spanish resources. Again, that's prayvotestand.org slash Spanish resources. When President Donald Trump announced his nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court, critics were quick to point not to this qualified nominee's record, but rather to her religious affiliations as a reason she ought not be allowed to serve as a Supreme Court justice. In an increasingly secular culture, 
It is not only the media that views faith as problematic for those appointed to judicial positions. Senators, particularly Democrats, have inappropriately interrogated nominees with comments and lines of questioning spanning theology, congregation membership, and associations with faith-based nonprofits, all seemingly with the intent to discredit the nominees. Family Research Council recently released a publication addressing this important issue. To learn more about what the Constitution says about religious tests, visit frc.org slash religious tests. That's frc.org slash religious tests. Wouldn't you like to know if someone on your ballot supports partial birth abortion before you vote? What about a candidate that supports taking away your guns, doesn't protect religious freedom, or is endorsed by Bernie Sanders? You can easily know where the candidates on your ballot stand on these issues and other issues that matter to you. How? FRC Action has the quickest voter education tool ever created. Simply text your zip code to 53445 right now and you'll get FRC Action's voter guide for the candidates on your ballot. It'll take you three seconds to get information that would take you weeks to gather on your own. It will show you voting records, endorsements, and even who's giving these candidates money. Simply text your zip code to 53445 and within seconds you'll receive FRC Action's voter guide and then you'll know who to vote for on your ballot. And you just may be the most informed voter you know. Text your zip code to 53445. Happy voting. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Glad to have you with us on this Monday afternoon. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And again, resources available for you on this eve of the election. Pray, vote, stand.org. All right, as I mentioned, uh, going into the break, um, five named storms have struck Louisiana this year. It's amazing. Uh, Hard to explain. Uh, the last one didn't leave too much damage behind, but uh, Lake Charles was uh, devastated by a Category 4 uh, hurricane last month. Uh, fortunately, Samaritan's Purse has been on the ground from nearly the start from the very first hurricane that hit, and they're committed to stay until the job is done. And that is in addition to helping elsewhere, not only here in the United States, but literally around the world where they minister, they do all of this work in the name of Jesus, ministering both the gospel to the spiritual needs of individuals, but helping those who have no other place to turn for help. Joining me now to talk more about this is the president of Samaritan's Purse, my good friend Franklin Graham. Franklin, welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's uh, good to be with you. Well, Franklin, um, I, this has been a unbelievable year when it comes to storms. It's been politically, it's been a storm. But when you look at the amount of uh, the number of storms and the hurricanes and the damage done, uh, you guys have been quite busy this year. Well, it's it, we are, we are busy and we'll continue to be busy. Uh, we've had uh, over four thousand four hundred people have asked us for help uh, there in Louisiana, and we're working in four different locations. Uh, to this point, we've been able to help. Uh, over 920 uh, homeowners, and uh, we've had 1,200 volunteers. But we, we need more volunteers uh, if, to, to, to be able to help all the families that have asked for help. Uh, I think the, one of the problems 
people almost, I know Louisiana has storm fatigue, um, but I, I think that the, the people here, well, Louisiana's had another storm, oh, okay, and they just maybe kind of blow it off. They, they don't they don't understand the damage that these storms do, the flooding that takes place, the, uh, the destruction of property, people's livelihoods. And uh, and we need to come in and help them. And uh, we're there, we'll, and we'll be there, but we need more volunteers, Tony. I mean, just, it's just that simple. We need more volunteers who are willing to come. We do all the training. We provide the tools. But we just need willing people, willing bodies to come down and just say, well, Lord, here I am, use me. Yeah, it, people do not realize the work involved. I mean, this last uh, last storm, well, the second to last that came through, uh, blew down about two dozen trees on our place. Um, you know, we're still rebuilding from the flood four years ago. So it's it's been it's been interesting here. And you're right, the 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 fatigue that settles in. But this comes on top of what Samaritan's Purse has been doing with the coronavirus, and you're still doing it internationally. We are. Uh, we're in the Bahamas right now. We're, uh, we have been asked uh, to go in, uh, into the Caucasus uh, to possibly put up a COVID hospital there uh, in Armenia. And so we are, we are looking at uh, this right now. But we, we have been helping with COVID all around the world, uh, doing training uh, for countries, for mission hospitals, uh, a number of uh, other organizations. And, uh, Tony, it just one thing I don't understand about COVID, we, 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 lock, we lock the world down. This has never happened before. Where did this come from, uh, this locking the world down? Every country around the world is, is under lockdown almost. And um, it it's, it's, uh, concerns me, but at yes. the same time, uh, I think it's, uh, maybe it's a sign of the time that, uh, you know, that the Lord spoke about in prophecy. Uh, and maybe we're in, in in the early days of this. I don't know, but as as a Christian, I think we need to respond. I think as a Christian, we we need to do all that we can and help people in this hour of need. People are afraid. People are scared. They don't know what to do, where to go, and uh, people are losing their livelihoods. Businesses are closing down, and uh, this whole COVID business uh, doesn't seem to be an end to it. Now there may be a vaccine before the end of the year. I don't know, but. Um, it, right now, it, it looks pretty bleak. Well, the response to it is disproportionate to the threat, in my view, and I think the fear that is palpable. And yep. and I was in a large church yesterday in in Miami, and you know I think I'm, I'm grateful the churches are coming back, but at this moment when there's such uncertainty, there's so much instability, and there's fear. If there was ever a time the church needed to be present open, involved, it's now. But yet in so many places, we've seen policies that have shut the churches down. And I think, I go to what you just said a moment ago, I I think there's something much bigger here. And I think it is a conditioning that's taking place that we need to realize that I, I'm concerned about the precedence that the precedent that's being set with churches being closed down and ministry being stopped by government. I, I agree. And I think it ought to be up to the churches to decide whether they think it's safe for them to, to worship or not, and not the government to tell them when it's safe. And and I appreciate John MacArthur and, and his stand, and uh, and you know I, I support him. And I, and if a church says you know I, we just don't feel comfortable opening, that that's their business. 
Right. But it should be the government telling them to do that. You know, some would say, all right, Tony, you're going to do a stretch here, but I think there's a connection between serving people in Jesus' name as Samaritan's Purse does, whether it's the coronavirus, whether it's natural disasters, fires, floods, earthquakes, uh, hurricanes, you're there, and you do it in Jesus' name. But I, I believe, Franklin, that as we stand on the eve of what I believe is going to be a, histo- is a historic election for us, one of the most significant in modern time, the ability to serve in Jesus' name, whether it's just Samaritan's Purse or the local church, will be affected by the outcome of this election. Well, no, uh, no question, Tony. I think, uh, I think it, it, it could. And um, at the same time, uh, because we, we serve in Jesus' name, I just have to believe that regardless who wins the election or loses the election, that uh, God's people are still going to be here and we're still going to be functioning and we're still going to be doing the work he told us to do. Now, it may cost us more. Uh, and there may be people that go to prison. There may, and if, if that be, so be it. But let's do the work God's called us to, and let's don't be afraid of uh, what's going to happen or not happen. We just need to be faithful. I think that's the key word. Right. Let's be faithful to the work that God has called us to do, and let's do it. But you, you can attest to the fact in the last four years, the work that Samaritan's Purse does internationally has been easier in terms of being able to partner with the government. I mean, I know what you've been doing internationally when it comes to some displaced uh, persons because of in the Middle East and what you've been doing there, ministering. It's much easier when the government sees you as an ally as opposed to an opponent. No question. And we've been blessed uh, up to this point, uh, Tony, with uh, having administrations that have been um, supportive of Christian ministries. Um, the Obama administration... Um, no question there were there, there were problems there. You had a lot of activists in the White House that wanted to push the, the gay, uh, lesbian agenda, and uh, they targeted businesses, you know, to shut them down. Uh, the florists, bakers, and people like that who refused to participate in a gay wedding. And I think if, uh, if uh, uh, the, the Democratic Party wins again, they'll be right back with that agenda. And they'll be looking for businesses and ministries to target and to, to shut them out of business or even uh, uh, put them in jail. Who knows? But uh, it's coming. Well, and, and to back to what you said earlier, it doesn't matter the outcome. Obviously, we, we have a preference. I have a preference in the way the outcome might come about in that we have an administration that respects freedom, religious freedom, defends it, upholds it the sanctity of human life, but that does not absolve us in any form or fashion of our responsibility to stand for those things. Now, yesterday, I know you were with the vice president at church, and I believe you were with the president at the rally. Um, anything to share from, uh, from the, those uh, content, the conversations you had yesterday with the president and vice president? Well, it's just uh, an honor to be able to worship uh, with the uh, vice president. He came to Boone, North Carolina, uh, to the little church I attend here in our little town, and so he drove up here just to go to church. I said, well, "Would you do you want to speak?" No, I just want to worship. And um, and I just appreciate the fact that he did that and had a chance to uh, pray with the president uh, before he spoke in Hickory. Uh, and we again very thankful for his leadership. And we just pray God will continue to strengthen, guide, and direct him in all that he does for our nation. So, Franklin, um, any parting thoughts for our listeners as we? Uh 
move toward Election Day tomorrow? Well, I would encourage people to vote. And I know people uh, sometimes vote based on personality, people that they like over another person they like. And, and I get that. I understand it. Um, but there's also policy here. And uh, the platforms of the two parties are so completely different. And um, and when you vote for a candidate, you're, you're, you're signing on to that party's platform. And uh, we have a, a party that supports abortion and uh, wants to do more. And if you vote for people in that, you're, you're signing on to their agenda. And I think people don't think of it that way. But you've got to think about it, so what you're signing up to and what you're signing for when you vote for a person and you're voting for that plat- party platform. Uh, what would you say to, to, the, to those Christians? Um, some of them might be listening to this program. They're saying, you know what, I'm just, I just can't vote. I, just, uh, I don't like the, the personality. I don't like the tweets. I don't like these things. Uh, and I've heard all this stuff in the media. I'm just not going to vote. What would you say? Well, by not voting, you are, you're making a decision which could, uh, could hurt this country. And, I, you know, Tony, I think about I've got 12 grandchildren. Uh, I've had a good life, and... Um, if this country began to unravel, I mean, again, I've had a good life, and uh, I thank God for it. Uh, being raised uh, in the 60s and the 70s and, you know, ministry in the 80s and 90s and where we are today. But my grandchildren are not going to have that same opportunity, and that's uh, I just fear for them. And uh, and I would hope people, when they vote, remember, we're, we're voting for the future of our children and uh, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Now, Franklin, I know you're doing a prayer event tonight um, on on Facebook. You want to tell our, our listeners about that? Yeah, it's uh, 8 o'clock. I just, if people want to join me, and it's just uh, before we go into the election tomorrow, just praying that God would, uh, his will would be done. And, and I'll make some comments, and we'll uh, focus our prayer on uh, an issue, and then I'll make a few comments, and then we'll, we'll focus again. And so as I lead in prayer. I, I want people just to pray in their own hearts and, and, and join with me. And, and uh, let's just call on the name of God and uh, ask for his help. And I think, uh, I, and I know he'll do that. So uh, it's 8 o'clock is tonight, so I just ask people to join me on Facebook. and be maybe 10, 15 minutes. But uh, praying for our nation before we go to uh, vote tomorrow. Well, before you, uh, you leave us uh, here today, would you, uh, would you pray? Would you lead us in praying for our nation? Uh, sure. Well, Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who came from heaven to this earth to, to take our sins. And, Father, we thank you that he died and shed his blood for my sins and all of our sins, that he was buried and you raised him to life. And, Father, we know that anyone who puts their faith and trust in your Son, Jesus Christ, that you will forgive their sins and you'll, you'll heal their hearts. And now, Father, we pray for our nation. Uh, as it goes to the polls tomorrow. We want your will to be done. But, Father, I pray that you would give us a little bit more time, and I pray this for my children and my grandchildren and for the future generations. Father, we pray that you will give us the the man of your choice. And, Father, we we pray for not just uh, the president, vice president. We pray for all those that are running for office. Father, we just uh, say protect them, Lord. We're living in such a violent uh, period of history in our country. We just ask that you would uh, protect us and keep us all safe. And, Father, we pray uh, for people as they go to the polls that they will think about who they're voting for, the party, what they're signing up to, and that they would consider these things before they cast that vote. 
And we pray this in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Franklin, thanks so much for joining us uh, today and appreciate uh, all the work that you and Samaritan's Purse do uh, to serve uh, the people of not just this country, but literally around the world in the name of Jesus. Well, and thank you, Tony. God bless you. All right. And folks, if you'd like to find out more about how you can volunteer or be a part of it, go to SamaritansPurse.org or go to TonyPerkins.com and follow the links over. All right. Pray, vote, stand. Pray. Be praying as we move into uh, tomorrow's election. I mean, I know we've been praying, continue to pray, and vote. And, and again, if you've already done your civic duty and you've voted, you can still encourage others to vote. Post it on your social media. Call a couple of friends, family. Just say, hey, did you vote? Um, encourage them to go vote. And, again, resources. Let them know where the parties stand, as Franklin was talking about Never been a clear contrast between the two parties. And I helped write a large part of the 2016 party platform, which is the current platform. And you can find it all at PrayVoteStand.org. And uh, share that with your friends. And uh, by all means, we've got to vote. We've got to pray. We've got to vote. And then regardless of the outcome, we've got to stand. We have to stand for biblical truth. All right, folks, thanks so much for uh, joining us, and uh, we'll be joining you again tomorrow night, uh, Lord willing, and also tomorrow evening at the bottom of every hour, beginning at 8.30 Eastern time, we're going to be giving you election updates at uh, prayvotestand.org. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, you've done everything you can do, and you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand. By all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.